0: Seeing the bigger picture. Seeing the bigger picture. You can help me announce this one more time. Tell your neighbor, seeing the bigger picture. You can open up to Nehemiah in the Old Testament. of the historical books of our Bible in the Old Testament. After you get past Genesis and go to the Kings and Chronicles, you'll find Ezra then and Nehemiah. And if you need any further assistance, that's why the table of context is there. It'll give you a page number. You can turn right there. But I, I, I solicit your prayers and ask you to keep your Bible open because we're going to stay right there. Nehemiah, second chapter. Verses 1 through 9, and I'll read verses 17 and 18. Reading from the New Living Translation, if you have it, say amen. amen. If you don't have it, say hold on. I'll hold on. Look like we read ready.
1: The Word of God says, Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, Why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, Long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins. And the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? And after I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, If it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter and address to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple's fortress, for the city walls, and for the house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. Verse 17 But now I said to them, You know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in the ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how, great, how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, Yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work, seeing
0: the bigger picture. In our lives, many times we see a small picture. We have that saying, "You can't see the forest from the tr- uh, you can't see the tree from the forest, or the forest from the trees, because you get confused of what's going on." In the same situation, if you look at a mosaic picture, a mosaic is a bunch of little glass put together. That if you step back, you can see the whole picture. But if you focus just at one piece of glass, you miss the bigger picture. Or maybe you might know of some artwork that's done by little dots. And the painter does little dots and it makes a big painting. But if you focus on just the dots, you see just the dot and you miss the bigger picture. Or maybe you might look at a movie. And maybe while you're looking at a movie, you might be focusing on one area. while something might be happening in the background. And so you miss what's happening in the background because you're looking at the foreground. And you miss... The bigger picture. The situation is that many times in our lives we see only what we can see, and our eyesight is limited to what we can see. But if you take the time to try to look and through another perspective, you might get a bigger picture. That's why captains on ship have a telescope, because they know I can only see so far. And so i got to climb up to a higher position on the crow nest and get out my telescope, my extra eye, and just to see what's ahead of me. Some of us need to do the same thing. We need to elevate our position and try to look through a different perspective to see what's ahead of us. But sometimes it's so hard to look ahead when we're caught. In a broken condition. Have you ever been in a depressed situation? In a depressed state? I I know that word is kind of taboo. Nobody wants to talk about uh, depression, but depression is real. You don't have to take medication in order to be depressed. We get depressed just when the rain comes. It messed up your day. You had your family reunion scheduled. Now you're depressed because the rain came. Mm-hmm. Children uh, at school, ready to go outside for recess. Thunder comes. They right. depressed. Right. Can't go outside for a recess. Uh, depression comes because situations change in our lives that we were once happy, we were once joyful. Then we hear some news, All right. All right. and we become sad. Uh, our countenance changed. Yeah. We see Nehemiah is now sad before the king. What happened, Nehemiah, that you're now sad before the king? The first chapter tells us that Nehemiah heard that the walls uh, is in a bad situation. Been burnt by fire. Those who might have read in Ezra, in Ezra they had a state before Nehemiah got there. They started rebuilding. Yeah, they were making good progress. And somebody says, wait a minute, y'all can't do this. And they tore it down and set fire to it and made them start all over again. Nehemiah hears and says, man. My place, my hometown, my, my ancestors' graves are being unkept. And, and, and the question is, why did he care about his ancestors' graves? Because it was a tradition that they kept the tombs in well order. It was a tradition. How we know this is a tradition? What did they do with Joseph's bones? Obviously, they had to know where his gravesite was. Obviously, they had to take care of the bones because he went from being a wrapped up body to being nothing but bones. That They had to put the bones in a box to be carried to the promised land. They care about their ancestors. How else in Chronicles did it say that he, this king was buried in the tombs of the other kings? They cared about the, their history. And so here it is, Nehemiah, broken because not only is his ancestors... In a depressed state. But his people are in a depressed state. And, and, and look at this picture here. Nehemiah is sad before the king. But yet he's not just concerned about himself. He's seen the bigger picture. Many times when life hits you, you, you think it's all about you. But it's really not about you. Uh, you, you. You can look at life and realize that you are not an island to yourself. Everything that happens is not about you. Things happen for a reason. Sometimes you don't catch it right away, but it's not about you. Nehemiah realized that my answers are hurt, but not just me, but the people. But he realized we're in this broken state, not because we did everything right, because all the things we have done wrong. Some of us are in a deep, broken condition because of the wrong choices we have made. And the problem is that you don't want to admit that you made those wrong choices. You want to blame the other people that was involved in those choices you made and said it's your fault. But you need to take 100% responsibility and realize that it's your fault. Got a few people with me. Got a few people with me. Some of y'all just stand there and say, you ain't talking about me. Well, that's why you still in that mess. Because if we cannot confess that we have messed up, and because we messed up, We up in some mess. You're never going to get out of that mess. Because it's not messy to you. But when you realize that I'm in this burnt up situation. This messed up. Situation, this broken situation, all because of the wrong choices I, I make. Nehemiah says, "Lord, it wasn't just uh, that's them, but me too. Uh, we've all sinned." I'm so glad Paul helped us out to all the sin and fall short of the glory of God. And and you can get excited a little bit more because it says, "There's none righteous uh, before the Lord." But I'm so glad He kept on writing because it said "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through." Uh, Christ Jesus. So we can get excited and realize that there's none righteous, but glory be God, that there's Jesus. And so Nehemiah realized that I'm in a broken situation. I'm broken because of my current condition. But it doesn't have to change. It doesn't have to stay that way. There's a change that can happen. And the change happened that he was so broken, there's only one place he could turn. He turned to God. I I, I know, I know, I know, I know we live in such a modern technology. When we're broken, I know myself, when we're broken, we're looking for some help, we go to the Internet you going to type in, how can I get something better? Where can I find a better place or a better house or define these books? We, we go to the Internet because we believe it has all that information right there at our fingertips, and we can gain all this information, and, and then guess what? I don't have to go out to the store. I can click it, and it'll be delivered right to my house, and I can open it up and get right into it. But I want to here to tell you that you don't even have to be close to a computer to get some help. You can just bend your knees. You don't have to click on a mouse. Just open up your mouth. And you say, Lord, I need you. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that you don't have to worry about who's knocking at your door, because Jesus already knocked. Nehemiah realized I'm in a bad situation, and I don't know what to do, so I turned to God. Now, There's a time frame here we see early in the following spring. is letting you know that from when Nehemiah heard the news, it wasn't until almost a year later that something happened. Many of us are in a broken condition for so long, we don't think there's ever going to be a way out. But Nehemiah was praying and fasting, saying, Lord, I trust you to bring me out. And it wasn't. The next day wasn't the next week. It wasn't the next month. But almost five months later, how the Jewish calendar works, is the next year. Almost five months later, he's before the king and God is working. How is God working? Well, again, Paul tells me how God works out all things. For the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Can anybody just go like this with me? Yeah, God is working it out. He's stirring up the pot. What is he stirring up? I'm glad you asked. Well, first, God had to make Nehemiah a little bit bitter. So go ahead and add some lemons to that pot. He was sad. His face was all frowning. Go ahead and add some lemons to your pot. Just stir it up in there. And he's bitter now. Now he's, he's so bitter that the king sees it. And the king comes to him and says, why are you so sad? And, and now that he's a little bit bitter, he remembers his praise. He prayed back to God. And then he spoke with boldness. And now God puts a little sweetening in there. He, he sweetened up the pot a little bit. I, I put a little bit and I'm going to sweeten up a little bit. He says, king, uh, how can I not be sad? And the king sitting next to his queen looked at him and says, how long are you going to be gone? He looked at the king and said, I not know answer this. God gave me this. I gave him a definite time. Some of y'all get on the way home, but he said, I gave him a definite time. Let me help y'all out so y'all not getting it. He knew he was going to get the job done. All right. All right. Some, some of y'all still didn't get me. He's there with the king, not in Jerusalem, and he already knows he's going to get the job done. Some of y'all still not with me. He is uh, many miles away from the destination, has no materials, no help, no escort, but he tells the king, uh, I'll get it done at this time. I still haven't called everybody yet. He's letting the king know I'm speaking boldly because my God, uh, the same God that gave us that land, uh, I spent some time with him. He comforted me in the midnight hour when nobody else could wipe my tears away. I could cry out to him, and God let me know uh, I can work it out through you. And so Nehemiah was able to tell the king, at this time, I'll be done. And so the king said, That's all right. <laughs> and then he said, Wait a minute, King, I, I need a little bit more. I I I need you to give me some wood not just for the temple, but for my house, <laughs> granted. Oh, king, uh, I need a little bit more. I'm going to run into some hardships along the way. Uh, some enemies might come up. I need you to give me a letter of permission uh, to make sure my crooked path is made straight. Am I with somebody here? <laughs> and so the king said, That's all right. Uh, I'll give you permission. And then the, the writer says, May I add on that he gave me some officials uh, of the army and his horsemen uh, come along. Uh, that was the bonus. What I'm trying to point out, that when you see the bigger picture and see it's beyond you, you can see how God is working things out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it went from him being sad before the king to boldly speaking before the king, and the king saw him favor. Somebody say favor. favor. To go to a foreign, to, to go from this foreign land to the promised land where the rights are passage. You see, when you see beyond yourself, You can see how God can guide you through all your hurts and your pains. How God can guide you through some sleepless nights how God can guide you through the issues of bankruptcy how God can guide you through a broken heart how God can guide you to a wayward child how God can guide you through a troubled marriage and he said Lord I realize it's not about me but it's all about you and I'm going to trust you until you show me the way out Nehemiah was trusted for some years now and all of a sudden God showed up and he did not forget to go back to God. You see how before he spoke to the king he said a quick word of prayer. But yet I can see how that prayer summarizes five months of prayer <laughs> of fasting. What I'm trying to point out to you that if you're not praying beforehand, it's too late now. You got to have a relationship with him. You got to have a relationship with him. You got to have a relationship with him. Many of us are waiting till we think everything is in order to get it right. Nehemiah realized it's never going to be right till God makes it right. So let me pray now. Tell your neighbor, pray now. pray now. Oh, everybody wasn't talking. Tell your neighbor, pray now. Because you need to change your perspective. When you look up to God, when you elevate your position, you can see some things you didn't see before. Nehemiah realized that this condition is not going to stay here. God's going to move. He's going to move.
1: So the king grants him safe journey in verse 7. In verse 8, the king gives him wood for his house and for the temple. In verse 9, the king sings army officers and the horsemen. Look
0: how God can supply everything that you need in order to accomplish his will. Nehemiah realized that it was bigger than him. Some of us get so caught up we think it's all about us. But it's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. But how God can use you. God is God. My question to you is, will you let him be God? What do you mean, let God be God? God told Adam, y'all with me in the garden? Take care of this land. Name the beasts and animals. But don't touch this tree. Just do what I ask you to do and let me take care of the rest. Adam heard the enemy say, if you eat this, you'll be like God. Oh, wait a minute. I could be like him. I don't have to let him be God. I could be like him. Messed up. Wait a minute. Uh, Saul, uh, anointed by God to be king of his people. Saul told by Samuel, by God, what to do to defeat his enemy. Saul heard the people and started seeing time slipping away from him and said, Samuel has not showed up yet. Let me go ahead and make the sacrifice. Then God says, wait a minute. What you have is now taken away from you. you messed up. You see, when we do not allow God to be God, we mess up. And we mess up because our pride gets the best of us. Pride is such a sneaky character. Oh, because pride can show up in ways we don't think we're being proud of. It took me a long time to realize why I kept on getting a C in conduct and getting the from my teacher saying I was talking back. Because I found out when your teacher tells you to sit down, you say I am, you're talking back. I was just informing the teacher in case they did not realize that I was already in my seat, you know. Uh, I was up, but when you talked to me, I was already sat down. I I was ahead of you, but I got the marriage anyways, so I was talking back. I tell my mom, mom, she gave me the marriage for doing what I was already doing. I was already sitting down. She told me to sit down. I said, I am. My mom said, Sam, that's talking back. I said, no, it's not. She said, you're talking back to me now. No, I'm not. (laughs) took me to heart. Time to find out that I was not right, but I was wrong. And when I was wrong, I realized how wrong I was. And then I was able to change because I saw the error of my ways. I saw the bigger picture, that it wasn't about me. But many times in our lives, we make it all about us. I'm right and you wrong. I can't listen to what you have to say because it has to be my way. And since it has to be my way, every other way will never work. Right. Yes, never. That's how we feel. Yeah. So when you fall on your face, we, so, we secretly rejoice. It's said, "Now try my way. Yeah. But yet that's not how God works. God already told us the right way. But yet he's merciful enough to guide us back when we get off the wrong path. God could have told Nehemiah in his prayers. I told you so. And it's going to stay that way, stay upset, stay depressed. You're never going to rebuild. it. But no, God said, I'll give you some favor. I'll give you favor that a king that conquered and destroyed and took the, took the temple stuff will bring it back to you. I, I will use the king, the, the grandson of Esther and Xerxes. I'll use him to, to bless you one more time. It's amazing how God can still be moving through families to be a blessing. And and we can see here how Nehemiah grabbed into seeing the bigger picture and saw God's favor guiding him to the promised land. When you see the bigger picture, you realize you're not only benefiting yourself, but you're benefiting others. That's where vision comes from. A lot of us, a lot of us want to be somebody great in our lives. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be somebody great in your life. Everybody wants to have that obituary that somebody reads, man, that was a good person everybody wants to wants to make sure that dash means something when they put your birthday and your end date you want that dash to mean something. Everybody wants to be somebody in life. If that's not true, then all these how to be rich, how to be a millionaire, how to make yourself better would not be selling like they're selling, but they're selling like they're selling because everybody wants to be somebody. That's why Jesse Jackson can get people excited saying, I am a somebody because you don't want to be a nobody. You don't want to be just anybody. You want to be somebody, somebody they call on, somebody they check on, somebody that they love you. You want to be remembered, not forgotten, and You want to be that person. But I'm here to let you know that God already made you that way. Uh, Nehemiah, over serving a king as a cupbearer, a very servant task, went from being the servant to the king to the governor of the people. Uh, Nehemiah, who had no house to call his home, was able to get some choice wood from the king to not only help build the temple, but build his own place to stay. Uh, Nehemiah realized that God had him in a foreign land, but yet God was present there. And so while I'm in this foreign land, in this oppressed state, I can still talk to the God of heaven. And say, God of heaven, we are guilty of all our sin. But, God of heaven, I also remember that you have a promise to your people and that you are faithful in your work. So, God of heaven, I'm coming to you wondering how can we rebuild this temple. And I I can add in that that just like Isaiah said, Lord, send me. Nehemiah was willing to be an open uh, vessel for the Lord. Are you willing to let God be God in your life and be an open vessel for the Lord? Many times in our lives we get caught up and think we're doing good all by ourselves. And, and that's right. You are doing good maybe by yourself. But guess what? You can do bad uh, all by yourself too. A lot of people didn't like that. A lot of people didn't like that. See, 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 we, we get caught up. I'm a self-made millionaire, self-made man. Well, look at that. I, I think the Bible tells me that Adam and Eve made children. And God made Adam and Eve, so how are you going to be a self-made anything? God has created you. God has put those elements in your life that makes you who you are. Somebody won't come up, it was all my idea to come up with this with computer chip or this spaceship or this car. Well, guess who God made? He made all those other people that made that material to get that stuff you said you made. We get caught up thinking that we've done something. We now realize that it was by God's grace that you were able to make anything. Because it was by God's grace you made it to your other birthday. It's by God's grace you was able to make it to here this morning. It's by God's grace your house ain't catch on fire while you were still up in it. It's by God's grace you didn't die on that surgeon's table. It's by God's grace you got enough money in your pocket to get you something out the vending machine. It's by God's grace you got some clothes on the back of your back. It's by God's grace you got a place to call home. It's by God's grace somebody even knows your name. It's by God's grace you even know who you are. But you got the nerve to say I'm good like that. I want you to see the bigger picture. See how God can enlarge your life. Nehemiah went from serving the king <laughs> to being a governor in his own land. Nehemiah went from being sad and upset to having rejoiced and celebrating God with his people. I, 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 I tell you this all the time because I don't know what everybody's going through. But I can tell you what you can go through. There was a man that was born in Bethlehem. Uh, this little baby, what was supposed to try to get into an inn, but they had no room for him at the inn. And so the mommy and daddy had to go find some place for this baby to stay. And all they could find was some barnyard with some, some goats and some sheep and some ox and some horse all over the place. And, they saw an empty trough and said, "You know what? We're going to try to lay the baby here uh, in this in this loft right here, in some swaddling clothes." Uh. And, and and then the the beautiful thing is that while that baby was not in an inn in some laid down special place, but yet people found that baby there. Uh. Uh, the Bible says that the angels went rejoicing to the shepherds, and the shepherds came and worshipped and saw this baby Jesus. And, and then it says how, how in this dream, uh, this father heard, said, let us go out to some other place. And while they were moving around, uh, Herod heard about this story. He was trying to get this baby Jesus. But some wise men, who were really wise, uh, came and brought him some gifts and said, this baby is holy before us. But this little baby grew up in stature and attitude and started telling people how I am the way. The true. And a life, and He's letting them people know that there's some people going down the wrong path, but I've come so that you can see the right way. Uh, even as the stopper said, Lord, well, we don't know the way. I've been with you all this time, and you don't know. Uh, I am the way, the truth, uh, and the life. Uh, some of them got caught up and said, Jesus, uh, you don't have to go back to Jerusalem. They're going to kill you there. But the Son of Man must suffer many things. Uh, I got to be forsaken. I've got to be beaten. I got to be let down. Uh, you just see a little picture. You want me to be here forever, but there's a bigger picture than this. Uh, There's some people out there that don't know me yet. I gotta go to where they are. But Jesus, uh, you can stay right here and be king. Uh, Let me slip on out this crowd and go to another place. This Jesus uh, told Pilate, uh, uh, you can't take my life. I'll lay my life down. And guess what? I'll take it back up again. And true as the story be told, Jesus hung up on the cross. My Bible tells me he gave up the ghosts. They took that body and they felt defeated. They were in a depressed state. They buried him in a rich man's tomb. The disciples were praying and scared, not knowing what to do. But I'm so glad that when they tried to go back to the tomb, they saw that the rock has been rolled back. They see that the tomb was empty. His clothes were neatly folded in such a way to let them know I'm coming back again. He showed up in a locked up place to the disciples and sat down and ate with them. Let them know, do you see the bigger picture now? And then he ascended up into the heavens. They kept on looking, but he said, do you see the bigger picture? Because one of these mornings, uh, you're going to see me come back again uh, on a cloud. There'll be an archangel shouting. There'll be a trumpet sound. And you'll see uh, the bigger picture. Oh, this world's going to pass away. But I'm coming back again. Do you see the bigger picture? It's not about you, but what you do for me. And what you do for me is what you do for others. Be like Nehemiah and get out into your community and grab some people and say, let us do some good work together. See the bigger picture. See the bigger picture. In this life, This life right now, what you're seeing right now, is just a trailer. Y'all know what trailers are, right? The trailers are just to show you a glimpse of what's going to come in the movie. And they try to show you the exciting parts so you can get excited and come to see the movie. Well, Jesus has given us a glimpse (laughs) of what can be in your future. So all you got to do is keep on looking at that trailer and get ready for the main attraction. He's coming back again. Tomorrow is not promised, but he's coming back again. It might be today. And when he comes, you'll see the bigger picture. Now's the time. Now's the time. Turn your life over to Christ and see the bigger picture. Every hair bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come to you right now thanking you for Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that in spite of our circumstances, in spite of the condition our relationships are in, in spite of our financial situation, in spite of where we live in the city or in the neighborhood or in the area, You are able to change that. You are able to show us that you have a greater future for us than here that's on this earth. You are able to transform us and use us for a bigger and a greater purpose. Because, Lord, we realize it's not about us, but it's all about you. Forgive us for the times we've been selfish. Forgive us for the times, Lord, we made it about our own agenda. But, Lord, here we are surrendering to you. Have your way, Lord, in this place. Use us as only you can and Father I pray There's someone here who is to die today and would do not know if they'll spend eternity with you Father I pray right now that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that you rose him from the grave and he is now seated at the right hand of you so Father I pray right now that they see Jesus they see the bigger picture Father work within our hearts as only you can in Jesus name we pray Amen. May we stand and extend the hand of this opposite. Amen. You can give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.